0: G'day, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Country Edition of the Club Rugby Collective. I'm your host, Brendan hotel from Queensland Rugby, and joining me today, I have the Downs Rugby General Manager, Matt Hammond. Matt, how are we, mate?
1: Uh, g'day, Brendan. How are you?
0: Very well, thanks, mate. Um, thanks for joining us today, mate. The reason we wanted to, to get you on and have a chat is obviously... Um, with us moving to uh, Amber in the traffic light system, where we're we're currently in stage two of the easing of COVID restrictions and we've got clubs going back to training. We've seen a little bit about how the Premier Rugby clubs here in Brisbane are tackling things uh, this week. And the juniors are set to return as well over the coming days and over the weekend. But, mate, for the regional clubs, it's a bit of a different kettle of fish. But before we jump into that, mate, um, obviously the Downs Rugby Comp, it covers a massive area, um, stretching all the way out to the likes of Roma and as far south as Warwick and St George. But how have all the different clubs within the region, mate, sort of managed it these last few months? Um, whether that's sort of still trying to stay connected or whether it's been, been training?
1: Yeah, that's right. So, yes, yeah, uh, on the, in the Downs Rugby region, um, we've been incredibly blessed um, to have such a collaborative effort. So I mean that on a Downs rugby board level through to our subcommittees, regular Zoom president's meetings, um, all of these people are volunteers on the Downs and that was evidence last uh, Saturday with over 35 um, active attendees with the COVID safe um, venue offices um, doing that training. So it, it... does represent unique challenges for rural areas. Not every every one of our country clubs has opted to proceed with the pandemic-reduced season in the latter half of 2020. And Downs Rugby and the other clubs, they respect the decisions of these individual clubs. But overall, we have seen over 75% of our clubs all the way through each of our seven competitions proceeding with with the play... And in indeed, another um, Chief Health Officer and Premier Queensland State Government announcement at the end of this month of June or very early in July, we may see some of these country clubs coming back in. It's it's their prerogative and we do respect that, their source.
0: Uh, well, I think that has sort of been some interesting news to follow, mate. Obviously, um, there's a few more challenges logistically with uh, country rugby. It's not like you're driving from... Uh, from North Brisbane to South Brisbane, you can jump back in the car and have a shower within half an hour. Obviously, you know, there's long distances to travel, whether that's, you know, the long trek from Toowoomba out to Gundy or out to Romo. And then there's the issues in terms of um, crowds and things like that. And obviously for some clubs, it's a, it's a greater challenge.
1: Absolutely. Like like you identified, the geographical size of the Downs Rugby region, it's over 41,000 square kilometres. Wow. As Mike Orrin our, our former chairman, he's just been replaced. Um, he's, Mike Horan is still a director and Rob Johnston has taken over as chairman. Mike has always identified it as roughly the size of France. Mm-hmm. So you can understand the challenges. Um, clubs like uh, Gundawindi, they do lend players from just over the border. So with that there, um, it's its very much a, um, a challenge for some clubs, but we have seen the likes of... Uh, St George, Roma, Chinchilla, Warwick, they've all come to the fray and said "We—it it is a challenge for Downs Rugby and their respective clubs, but we are, we are happy for the mental health benefits, the camaraderie, the mateship of rugby, and they all want to be part of it. Um, we're looking at kicking off um, sometime later in July. We have a unique challenge as well with the agricultural the harvest or the planting season with cotton and other other rural industries. So our grand final has to go through for the Saturday, the 26th of September at Toowoomba Sports Ground or Athletic Oval, as, as it's known, where Prem Grade and Brisbane, they'll be having their grand final on October 31st. So you can see that um, we'll have a much shorter season, but it will be incredibly exciting. The Downs Rugby Board has decided to... As, as all agreed, that we are playing for the Risting Cup, the Emily Cherry Cup, the Teenage Boys Shields um, and the Youth Girl 7 Shields. So we are playing legitimate competitions and we're, we've asked in the President's meeting only last night over Zoom with over 30 attendees over the downs that... All the clubs put in their final team nominations. We're leaving that window open until that next state government announcement comes out in late June or early July. We're leaving it um, with a shorter window, so it provides that flexibility for clubs. So, as I said at the start of this call, their source, it's very much a collaborative effort. We're not being authoritative. We're very much collaborating the thoughts of everyone and working with our um, affiliated clubs and schools
0: across the downs, yeah. No mate, it's definitely positive to hear, and I know that yeah. um, one of the key things, mate, was obviously getting um, volunteers through the COVID safe plan and or COVID safe training that ran this weekend just gone. Now, obviously, for those who uh, weren't across that, um, that was uh, basically Queensland Rugby Union ran some online webinars where we had uh, nearly four hundred people from across the state um, take part and they were sort of walked through everything that needed to sort of take place at clubs around regulations, whether that be social distancing or sanitisation of equipment, et cetera. Um, and then these COVID safe officers are sort of the representatives at each of their clubs to uh, implement all this. And, Matt, you had a big uptake within the downs, mate, and um, it'd be the sounds oh, of things, sure. of all the clubs are, are, you know, ready and firing to, to return to training. That's
1: right. So, yeah, all of our... Um, active clubs in the Downs for 2020. They've all submitted their venue mapping to myself directly and their COVID safe plans. And they have active COVID safe officers from a webinar that you described on last Saturday run by Gavin Head, the GM of Community Rugby. I've just got to put a big shout out to everyone at the QRU, including yourself, Source, and um, Gavin Head especially, David Southwood, our development officer across the Darling Downs just been fantastic um like other other codes in queensland in senior sports to be professional and i work alongside those codes so i I won't won't name them but some codes have not got off the ground this year for their own respective reasons but that simply was never going to happen because the work of qru with downs rugby to our um committed volunteers um, throughout the subcommittees, our affiliated schools and clubs have just been fantastic. And just got to thank each and every person at all levels. This goes out to everyone. Yeah.
0: yeah well, thanks for the shout-out, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, it has definitely been great to see, um, obviously, the game development guys in particular have been working really hard to keep everyone engaged. And there seems to be a great collaborative approach at uh, all levels of the game to return to play, which is going to be um, a great positive um, in, in, it should be sort of back into July, August when these comps kicking off. But um, mate, in terms of the clubs themselves out there, you've got a couple in particular that um, are sort of really taking to uh, what's got to be implemented to return to play and are setting up some some great processes to keep everyone uh, safe and, and sanitised, I guess.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like um, there was a proposal put through earlier today for me from Warwick Rugby Union Football Club and that had a full COVID safe plan. They, they went through with over 15 pages with um, direct, directly how it would um, involve their club, either at Scots PGC, the secondary college at Warwick, or at Oval in Warwick. And, um, yeah, but not, not to single out Warwick by themselves. Like, each of our active clubs, every single club has an active COVID safe officer, Some have multiple, which I reckon is the way to go because you can't leave everything on one person's shoulder, especially if you've got numerous training sessions happening on one day or time spaced out between 15-minute gaps. So everyone is playing their part and they're doing it so professionally. All of these people are hanging on to their own jobs. They've all got their own family lives, plus they're volunteers in clubs. So... um, This goes to everyone in the state who's listening. Like, it is not an easy process getting back into COVID 2020 rugby and everyone's just doing so fantastic. Like, um, there's great work happening in North Queensland, Prem Grade in Brisbane, BJRU, all the relevant subunions. I don't want to miss anyone out, but I don't have time to talk about every subunion, but um, there's country subunion meetings every Wednesday that Gavin Head runs on Zoom and just everyone plays their own part. And the, there's a sense of positivity now. There was a lot of myth-busting that had to be done at the start start of the PCS Like, everyone thought you had to have security guards at a venue. They thought you had to hire six-foot mesh security fencing like it was a music festival. They thought we had to get external cleaning companies to come in. But now the whole process through Gavin Head working with the field sports industry plan simplifying that to a QRU safe plan which is about eight pages long and it's it's down to diagrams now to make it incredibly easy it's get in train and get out those simple messages are getting out there to our um, to our players and the parents and that's um, just been a fantastic process to work through how simple everything's been made now.
0: I think that's definitely a key point uh, to touch on in terms of the myth-busting there because there has been a lot of um, conjecture as to what the rules were, whether it was 20 people per lease or just 20 people in a group training on one specific part of the field. But as you said, everyone sort of come together, worked through that, being collaborative, spoken throughout it. And it's great to see, I suppose, all the sports as well came together to put that plan to the Chief Health Officer and we've come out of that other end now. And as you said, there's a positive feeling now because everyone can sort of see what the end game is and i think that's um you know if you if you think about sort of the mental health of everyone involved in rugby that's sort of definitely a key thing from a player coach administrator spectator point of view there's actually some light at the end of the tunnel now
1: that's it like you think of um everyone's mental health including myself like where we were two months ago this all happened just under three months ago with covid then i had my two kids at at home getting homeschooled was working a um, working as down at Downs rugby also at a benefactor business at, at on the downs everyone's been in the same boat no one's had it easy and um, it's it's just great like everyone's come out of a cabin fever the four walls of the home and now the mental health benefits the mateships the camaraderie involved with rugby it won't be rugby like we know it straight away but it's in it, evolving incredibly there's just been a premier's announcement on um how many people can attend a, a stadium i won't go into the details of that anyone can look at the state government website but where things are just evolving by the day so if anyone has doubts about playing rugby or getting involved as a volunteer well just getting in touch with your local club or school because things are changing by the day and the more volunteers that we have the for the greater good and um Anyone who had reservations a month ago with a mindset of it's all too hard or we need to do this and that, well, that's already changed. You should get in touch with your school or club again.
0: Yeah. No, good shout, mate. Now, one thing I wanted to touch on, Matt, was obviously how things sort of differ for country clubs compared to some of the clubs here in the city. So, you know, I'm sort of across what my club East is doing here in Brisbane, um, but we've got a four-field facility. Um, whereas at my old club, at University of Sunshine Coast or at USQ in Toowoomba where I first started, they're one-field clubs. And obviously when you're trying to sort out a couple of senior teams or women's team and juniors, um, yep. there's a fair bit of scheduling and logistics to sort of work through how you can all share that space.
1: That's right. Like if I could take the example of St George and District's rugby and football club, the Frillnecks or the St George Philly Frillies and the Open Women's Sevens. Uh, out at Rowden Park in St George. That is a one-field facility, one rugby field. It's a great facility. That, uh, we've, got, we've got active players. I know that there's um, players in the, you know, the senior men's B-grade side or there's players in the open women's side who will travel over 140 kilometres to get to training or a match day. It's
0: a fair and,
1: and And many other players will come from further afield than that from their respective farms. So that's that's one one mission in itself. And then as, as you identified their source, um, it comes back sometimes if, if they've got multiple um, people training non-contact until the 10th of July, or well, we've got three zones of... 20 people per zone, per football field, um, being a one field facility. They, they train on a Wednesday night. They can make it all happen at the moment within that 60, but there'll be other other clubs across the Downs and, and indeed in other subunions where they'll have to get 15 minute spacing. Um, they'll need more and more people in high vis, COVID safety officers, to um, attend to the attendance registers. To make sure that that field is cleared for that session one, clear it off. Fifteen minute gap, get on session two, and so forth. And the communication from the clubs, I've seen a lot of it. It's incredibly simple, and they're using all the um, all the tiles that are coming through with social media through the QAU. And yes, simple stuff like get in train, get out, and parents can stay in a in their motor vehicle. As long as they're as, a, as their child, if say it's an under sevens junior player going out to train, they go out for their session. The parents can still they enter the field enclosure and identify their coach or manager, fill out the attendance register, get a bit of hand sanitizer on, and then get out and train with spatial distancing, no touch footy, all of these parameters, and then they'll, that under sevens player after their session will use hand sanitizer again, thank the coach or manager and then proceed back to the attendance register to log out and then go back and see mum or dad in their motor vehicle back in the car park. So it's it's something that has um, had to be communicated time and again and the biggest point to make this was the process that I've just gone through for an under-7s player, the public is just getting bombarded with information, with Premier's announcements, with... With Scott Morrison press conferences, they might see a New South Wales premier's press conference. So, the way that the QAU and Downs we're trying to simplify the message and break it down very simply, because as you can, as anyone could identify during this pandemic, there's many messages getting out there. So, it's a matter of um, filtering out what, what what they need to know and what is the chuff out there at the moment.
0: This is a good shout, mate. There's definitely a. Oversaturation and news out there, and you know, lots of different sports doing a lot of different things. I know, even when um, we had that first announcement, what was it? Oh, Sunday week, March sun, or something. Oh, well, the Sunday week ago, where oh, some, where Sunday they spoke week, about yeah. that yep. we can now have 20 people training,
1: yep. and everyone
0: thought that, right, well, back we go, but you know, there's fine print there, and that you've got to have an approved COVID safe plan. Um, yes. And you know, you got to get the tick of approval from state government and your governing body. Um, and I know that you know, some people within the rugby community saw AFL putting out some stuff in terms of return to training going, Well, why can't we play yet? Or why can't yes. we train, I should say? And it was That's a case it. of, Well, hold on, if you actually look closely at what AFL's put out, they've also got to go through the same process, you got to get a tick off from AFL Queensland. To have state government approval so everyone was in the same boat and just trying to get that communication out there like as well as just let's take this step by step in terms of let's not rush into it and try to get That's back right. to doing some fitness training or whatever on a Tuesday Thursday night if we wait a week we've got the right process in place then we've actually yes. got we're mitigating risk in terms of our actual return to competition so far, right. that was definitely a key thing to get across but On the return to competition, mate, obviously I think you guys on the downs are going to be one of the first competitions to kick off um, around the state, if not in the country, mate. Um, Give us a bit of an insight, mate, as to the dates when we're starting and um, what we're working towards.
1: Yes, I saw. Like I said earlier, if we're working towards Saturday the twenty sixth of September, not the thirty first of October, for Brisbane Prem Grade, that's um, that's due to the agricultural uh, business needs throughout the Darling Downs. Uh, so, with that, there, our rugby resumption subcommittee, uh, we've had over eleven active volunteers, really fantastic rugby knowledge across the downs on regular Zoom meetings, and the best way to devise that has been. Um, working out when that contact training can come back after the 10th of July. Then we need a graduated return to contact signed off by Smart Rugby um, accredited people. Dave Southwood, our, um, our development officer, is working with the QRU on a module for that as we speak. And Dave Dave Southwood and myself, and hopefully you can jump in the Ute as well their Source,
0: Hope so, mate.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll actually get out to the regions to um, deliver that message. Um, scrum pieces, there'll, there'll be some senior rugby league players coming over to Union. Well, we want to make sure they're into safe scrum methods or they're getting graduated at the right speed. So working with the dates there, we're looking at Saturday the 18th of July to get back for round one of the Roosting Cup, the Emily Cherry, the Senior Women's Cup, and then uh, the youth girl sevens. So with that there, if if a club is is not ready, well we've got to look at things like uncontested scrum for certain grades or just assessing how many rugby league players might be playing in that union team and just making sure that we have a safe return to rugby, but getting it back as soon as possible um, for the enjoyment of the public out there. yeah.
0: No, mate, that's uh, exciting times ahead, mate. So it'll definitely yeah. be um, be great for the community as a whole, mate, out across the downs and the various towns, etc., to actually have some, some footy back in a bit of uh, normality, that's for sure.
1: Well, that's it. Uh, like my coordinator has always said, rugby is the gel of the community. So that's when times are tough, like the drought that we've been through or this COVID pandemic. Well, rugby is what brings people together, especially in the rural areas. It's just fantastic.
0: Mate, I know um, it's definitely been a, a fair um, period of time you could say for a lot of people out on the downs, mate. In terms of the drought and through to the bushfires, and then now into this COVID period, mate, it's um, some folks out west have definitely taken a hit.
1: Oh, they sure have, and we we're so lucky. Earlier this year, like we, this chief health officer made that COVID announcement on the 18th of March, I recall. So prior to Jeanette's announcement when we thought everything was going swimmingly for 2020, we were so lucky on the 24th of January to have the, the Reds playing the Waratahs at Dolby. We had over 4,000 in the crowd and, yeah, we thanked the QAU for that and, thankfully, um, the Reds got up over the Tars, 28 points to 19 as well, I recall, so that was good in itself. So that was – that was we are just so lucky to have that event prior and also for Gladstone for the Reds to host the, the Rebels as I recall as well so yeah what a what a journey we've been through since and with the with the drought the bushfires did affect the Downs region like um, there was parts of Warwick, Stanthorpe um, yeah even out western Queensland further there was some bushfires out that way as well there was a water drop which you were there at source on a that was in November last year in the peak of the drought. Helensvale Rugby and Football Club combined with um, combined with the QAU, to deliver um, hundreds of litres of water bottles and 20-litre um, water casks, as I remember. And, um, yeah, that was such a nice gesture. Like, yeah, it's just been an incredible time. Through hardship, it brings out the best in people at the same time they saw us. That's the biggest thing that I'd note, yeah.
0: Well, mate, I know that weekend out in Dolby for the Reds game, mate, there's definitely a lot of positivity flying around the game at that point, mate. That definitely, um, I think it was definitely a great experience, obviously, for the fans and all that sort of stuff, but for the players and everything that as well and spending the few days out there, getting out to condomine, um, spending some time out there. um, It was all really positive. So I'm hoping that, you know, once we're, we're through all this, we got rugby back up and playing that, we can try and build on that um, once again. Um, sure thing. But, yes, mate, I just wanted Regist- to... Sorry, mate. Yeah,
1: that, you're right. That whole register regions concept from from Dave Hannum, but especially Brad Thorne's brainchild from what happens in New Zealand, like that is just a fantastic initiative. And um, yeah, I'd love to see that replicated year on year if it can be done in the pre-season. Um, yeah, that would be just fantastic for the... That's what grassroots rugby really needs. It's um, been crying out for it for years and it's just brilliant. So, yeah, no, it's a great source.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed, mate.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Mate, to wrap up, you've spoken a lot about the volunteers throughout this podcast, mate. Um, Obviously, they're the lifeblood of the game um, everywhere, but there's been uh, particularly a massive um, uplift, mate, in everyone sort of pitching in and getting involved over this period on the downs, be the sounds of things.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like uh, we have hundreds of volunteers across the Darling Downs. There's some some volunteers have been been volunteering for over forty, possibly fifty years. I can think of um, Mike Dillon out at Gundawindi. He's just become a life member of Downs Rugby at our AGM in March this year. Uh, last year's Volunteer of the Year was um, yeah was actually Ben Gardner from the St George District Rugby Union Club. The president, and now he's been admitted as as a director to the board of Downs Rugby. The the notable thing that um, Ben did for his club was he actually sourced the thirty seven seater bus from Bus Queensland at no charge. He he kept on calling them for nine months and he, endless emails. Actually got donated a bus. Like, how, wow. how good is
0: that for the district? It's a massive yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, mate, St George is a great story because they, were, uh, they weren't even playing footy a few years ago, but they've come back and they won the B-grade comp last year.
1: That's right. Like, first time since um, 29 years in the making. I was just looking at the B-grade um, premierships through the years since 1964 and, yeah, 29 years in the making. Like, that. the sea of red at Athletic Oval last year on the 24th of August Um yeah, we'd never sold so much 4x gold or Great Northern. I tell you what, they had a great time, and that, that that was just such a boost for the club. And then they went back to celebrate at the Aussie Hotel at St George on the banks of the ballon and they actually um, ran into Jonathan Thurston. He was there giving a seminar um, to a rugby league crowd, and then he uh, went in to congratulate all the players on the Monday after the Grand Final. How good's that?
0: <laughs> what a win! Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good
0: stuff <laughs> all right well Matty thanks very much for, for joining us today mate and thanks for giving us the insight into how uh, Downs Rugby as a whole are, are managing their return to training protocols mate and um, it's great to hear so much positivity coming out of um, the Downs comp and really looking forward to things getting back up and running in July mate and um, you know it'll be a short season but I'm sure mate all the players will love getting some footy in before they get stuck into harvest
1: well, that's it, source. And imagine in twenty, thirty years' time, when these players turn into grandparents and they're telling their grandkids, "Oh, that year of twenty twenty, it was tough, but oh, we managed to get a premiership, or we had these great times, and show a few photos and video footage. How good would that be?" And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good, good shout, mate. Good shout.
1: Thank
0: you. All right. Thanks for that, one, Matty, and we'll be in touch shortly, mate.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. She's Brandon Boy.